Hello guys, thank you for being here. My name is Derek and I do computer projects under Rhodes PC. And this is the PC Modding and Making Podcast. Now, my guest today, his name's Cameron. He's a very cool dude. He's helped me out a lot with 3D printing and CNC uh, V-carve projects and the tool paths and all that stuff. And he was a huge help when I got my CNC and uh, I first... You know, I was finding my finding my legs, my sea legs with the CNC. Cam was my go-to guy when I had a question. And uh, I've owed him a podcast episode since I got started because, you know, he's got a lot of knowledge. And I've wanted to talk to him for a while. And he's a super nice guy who took the time to actually do video tutorials for me uh, when I was just getting started with VCarve. And, like, he's got the he's got the voice for video. He's, he's incredible at that stuff. And he works in a really cool space as well. He works in the tech space down in Arizona. So let's get Cam in here and uh, we'll get started on the episode. Okay. Hey, Cam, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good. <laughs> Round two. Let's uh, get, yeah. Let's get started. Yeah. So for uh, the people just joining us and just listening uh, on the podcast, who are you and what do you do? And what is your niche and kind of focus uh, that you like to share and do, you know, the projects surrounding on social media? So I'm Cameron. I'm the, I guess, lead mind designer, maker behind Pixel Designs. Um, I've... uh, Originally, my whole scope was going to be solely around uh, Mandalorian helmets because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. March 1st. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, can't I know. Wait. I'm pumped, dude. Yeah. So um, uh, I have three original uh, Mandalorian helmet style designs that are approvable for the official, like, mandalorian costuming club uh, oh really yeah where, where there's a, like a form for that so there's like an approval process you have to make sure that the helmet fits the universe because i mean you can't just oh hey i made this helmet and it's for my mandalorian costume because this is like the official like sponsor well i don't know if it's sponsored by lucas arts but it's like associated with uh yeah, I want to say it's associated with Lucasfilm. So kind of like in The Mandalorian, yeah. the stormtroopers that were in that were from the 501st, the stormtrooper costuming group. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. So it's like, it's so cool to have that. And so um, I have three designs that I've done on my own that, uh, yeah, I've designed, I've wanted to produce but I have yet to do that. Well, why don't you tackle that? So, uh, because I've got a couple big hangups on just selling the models. And so, um, and then I've never had a printer big enough to where I could print a whole helmet in one go. And that's always been my goal. But every time I either get a printer or something, there's always something going on. And there's always something else and there's then it's like well there's always another printer there's always another yeah um hurdle to go over and everything just get, costs so much money <laughs> oh dude i know this so your thing is 3d printing we'll sum it up yeah and kind of expand on that yeah but, yeah and you yeah. picked up a few uh how do i say the name properly elegu elegu jupiters uh elgu elgu just just elgu yeah but yeah, yeah, dude, like to print a helmet, like that's actually a bigger printer than people expect. Because yeah. I know for myself, I've bought one, two, three, four printers now. And every time I'm like, oh, maybe this one will do it or a little closer or I'll be able to do a you know a helmet in two pieces. And it's like, nope, mm-hmm. you need like a yeah. big printer to do yeah. a full helmet. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the printer like a lot of people use um the cr10 from creality yeah um but even that is pushing it like i don't think my helmets there um i have a lot of larger earpieces 
on it. So you can't um, just uh, throw it down and print it like straight on. You actually would have to angle it because oh, okay. you'd be able to fill out the volume, the build volume a bit better. But yeah, but so I do a lot of 3D printing. Um, I mainly do uh, the design work behind it all. You do, yeah. So uh, to the people you know who are just meeting you for the first time, I met Cam when I first was working on uh, my Razor Crest kind of build. This was uh, 2020's Canadian modding competition. 2020 or 2021? Uh, 2021 it would have been. I think it was 20. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Last year's because they didn't do one this year. And uh, Cam helped design the front of the Razor Crest for me, which you, you can't see a ton because I did cover it in foam, but to get the shape correct to the, you know, the the scale that I was working with, uh, I reached out to Cam under Pixel Designs and he helped me do the design for it. And there was actually like more to it that I could have printed or even might do again in the future. Uh, but I also had to chop that one up because my printer wasn't big enough. <laughs> yeah. Something you run into a lot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was fun. Yeah. That was a really fun project. Yeah, I liked it. And so. it was really well, uh, it was really well received. I actually still have the case in my garage on a shelf. I have a oh, small yeah. shelf uh, with, I think there's five projects up there. Just of the computers that were built and they ended up, you know, being tore down for the using the parts elsewhere, but I did keep the case. So I have like a shelf of cases that I did. It would be nice to have sold them like as the full mod, but mm-hmm. you know, some people don't want a little Razor Crest computer on their desk. That's more of a a modders thing. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh what are you working on now? So um let's see. My most recent project that I finished was uh the Keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Kingdom Plea. So that was a really fun project. So, and that's some... I, How many parts did that print in? So that was four. Four parts for that whole thing. That's wild, man. Yeah. So, um, and you mentioned the Jupiter. I got yeah. all four parts um, into one build volume on that printer. Wow. So you could and have printed so, two uh well since i have two print two of the printers yes yeah so. dang dude you should you could be pumping those out yeah yeah how much resin, so, how much resin was it do you maybe a liter oh yeah quite a bit so yeah it was but since the jupiter so the jupiter has this resin reservoir system where you take a whole extra bottle put the special lid on it and you just pop it on the side of the tank and it will automatically refill the tank as needed oh that's and nice, it was dude. yeah was, that was one of the big selling points because i i have the phenom l where it's like I mean, i'll start a large print and be like biting at like my nails like is there enough resin in there yeah, and, and you so, can't go to sleep or like I, I know for myself, I have the uh, Saturn S. And if I do a big print and it's, you know, you're you're not sure if it's enough and you're scared to go to sleep because you're like, well, I don't want to go to sleep and waste, you know, my the last. Yeah, yeah. You know, the full vat of resin that was there and the time it took to print it. And now I wake up and the printers ran out and it's, yeah, so that's actually really sweet to have, like for peace yeah. of mind when you're trying to have a shop, like work autonomously. Mm-hmm. it'd almost be worth it so, to design to design your own for any printer well so there's that i mean yeah you could design it but the way that they have it and so it's the the refill system is actually in, integrated into the vat so there's like a slot that goes back that's actually integrated into it and so it's like yeah it, that's helpful yeah that's helpful dude yeah, we've worked together. You also helped me a ton with Omni for people mm-hmm. that maybe are familiar with my projects. And uh, the Omni project I did for Asus uh, in July, who he was at PAX West. For that project, I would, went from like CNC noob to actually understanding my CNC and successfully building CNC it. pro. Well, no, successfully <laughs> building four legs for him, which is cool. And Cam, you helped me a lot with that. You actually made three. Is a fun story. So the modding, 
community is a very fun tight-knit community and there's all kinds yeah. of uh trading it's like trading cards like pokemon is how i look at it and i used to be an excellent pokemon trader so there was once a time when cameron was on the market for a 3090 and i just so had happened to have had a beautiful uh evga for the win 3 3090 which is now like a collector's item and he was looking for it and i went hey i have an idea we'll do a little trading card game and I'll give you a good price on the 3090. Like, but to trade for the good price, I want like some like grade a level educational videos on CNC and design work and how to work V carve and tool paths. And Cameron built me all three of those videos, uh, you know, and talked me through start to finish how to actually get started on a project. And I still use those videos. If I run into something, I, I reference them. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. I love that stuff. Sharing knowledge is way more uh, yeah. valuable than a couple hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Because like yeah. even now, even now, I've been actually going pretty CNC heavy these last couple of weeks. Uh, I have two projects underway that I, I was using the CNC for a lot. One of them was like nine sheets of cardboard that i cut 57 pieces of something out of it was pretty dope actually i don't have it done yet so i'm not exactly sure what it's going to be <laughs> but it's a skull that i have i designed uh in 3d and then i chopped it into 57 slices so like okay. we're looking at yeah. it like this and it's all chopped like this yeah 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 and i cut all 57 pieces and i put a big pole through it and it's in my garage now and i'm going to do some more work to it and I just today I was building the stand for it out of uh, uh, just half inch birch plywood, which was nice. And then I'm also doing, oh, I started to build a little pirate ship. And uh, yeah, and uh, the pirate ship I started out with just like a scroll saw and one eighth inch hardboard. And then I went on to the CNC and I made half inch versions of what I had kind of mocked up yesterday dude awesome it's not i don't know where it's going yet but i just started to do that and i thought you know i'm i'm very happy to be as comfortable i am with as i am with the cnc nothing like 3d or crazy and i'm not i did the one distro and it was a lot of work or the one reservoir and it was a lot of work so i've been kind of scared to go back there yeah but but the woodworking stuff has been like oh this is easy <laughs> yeah it's nice and, and, and that's funny because i mean so I do not like cutting wood on my CNC. No, I don't. I don't. So, but you give me plastics, you give me foam, you give me any sort of other like material other than wood all day, all day. I will cut that all day. <laughs> foam is something I've wanted to do actually, because for packaging, it seems well essential really. Yeah. And like you've, I mean, you've seen what, uh, Eric, who from Yule Beast, uh, has been doing with uh, his packaging for the Calypso. Yeah. I mean, that's not, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's the shape of is a step down from ours, but I mean, it's, it's not like a huge build volume or a work area. It's, I mean, it's essentially a maker series CNC. Yeah. Versus like the other probably tens of thousands of dollars worth of laser equipment the guy has access to he's using Dude, he's this got a lot. yeah he's got these the simple cnc just to cut these simple paths just to hold these packet uh these uh computer parts together so perfectly and it's like that is incredible yeah he's very resourceful when i talked to him last week it was pretty cool to learn like he's his third generation uh, metal fabricator and his family oh, owns the uh, whole shop. So he's actually the manager of the shop during the week and it's his dad's company. Uh, so that kind of, you know, connects the dots as to why he knows what he knows and is surrounded by those machines you see on social media. Cause you're like, dude, that thing would, that's more than my house would cost, you know, like yeah, sure. It would be awesome to have that for my projects, but uh, I don't think I'll ever be able to afford that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But we run into that even with like our CNCs were expensive and 3D printers are expensive. Mm -hmm. I find that's an area I'm always trying to work on is 
like I need more material and more tooling, but I also have to, because there's so many things like the CNC, the printer, uh, and just hand tools like power tools themselves, you you kind of really got to budget where, what materials to pick up per project. And yeah, I found it's worked better for me to kind of say like this ship, this is going to be like a, a wood CNC and woodworking heavy project. My last one was like a 3D printing project. And I kind of keep it separate. That way I don't kill myself on the overhead. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But. And that's kind of, so um, a project I'm working on right now is this keyboard that I've shown you, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I've got the latest prototype right here. It's kind of in shambles because, I mean, it's a prototype, but oh, yeah. I mean, it's entirely 3D printed and um i mean the crazy thing is is that i designed it so it takes these brass fittings that you just friction fit in there so that way it, it holds the threads in that way but i mean you talk about uh sorry, how, oh. sorry just those 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 inserts they just pushed in and they stay there or mm-hmm. do you have to put a glue yeah. or so um i specified the tolerances of the hole and inserts have um it's kind of like a knurling around it. So it actually can, as it goes in, it kind of grips into the material. Oh, nice. And, and so, yeah, they're not coming out. I mean, to get them out so I can use them on the final pieces, I'm going to have to break it. Essentially, mm-hmm. I might have to take a Dremel and <laughs> make a couple slots to cut, essentially cut it out. So Really? Like, yeah. Well, those are sweet. So, I mean... I mean, it's one of those things where it's like when you first start a project, exactly what like what you said, you kind of have to uh, have an idea of like, hey, this is going to be a 3D printing heavy project. This is going to be a mixture of both CNC uh, and 3D printing and et cetera. So, yeah, it makes supply runs a lot easier, too, because I yeah. found like when I did Omni, it was a lot of paint, a lot of 3D printing and a lot of CNC. And yeah. it was also kind of uh trial and error on the cnc through most of it so i was like oh i need wood so i got to go to the hardware store and pick up some lumber oh now i need some you know filament i ran out again so there's a different store in a different part of town that carries filament where i live and it was all over the map but it you know you kind of get used to what you use like today i know sorry today i knew uh what i'm going to be doing with the woodworking super glue is super handy so I just grabbed like 10 tubes of super glue when I seen a good deal on it in the store I was in today because I know that I will need that. And that's kind of like a shop staple is just super yeah. glue. Yeah. Which I've started to like to use the really small kind of like one or two usage tubes and they come in like little really? packs of three. Yeah. Cause yeah. I found the big ones. A they're I think they're more expensive when you buy the big one and like in a in a sense because the yeah. the little ones I get three of the small ones for five bucks, and uh, they last like actually quite a lot because you don't use a lot of super glue. All right. And the big ones I was finding were kind of drying out, or I was wasting because I was using too much, and then you're paying for that. So I find I'm actually more mm-hmm. like disciplined in my usage when it's the smaller tubes. Yeah. And if something goes wrong and the cap doesn't go on, you only lose a little bit instead of a lot of it. Yeah. That's what I started doing with that. Interesting. Yeah. I might have to try that. That's yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it, I like it. <laughs> uh I'll just write this down here. 759. <clears throat> okay. Uh so here's a fun question. If something was to be happening in your home and you had to vacate. Uh, I heard this one on the making your way podcast. They shared it and it's pretty fun. What three tools would you kind of grab on your way out? Or what are your three go-to tools? Well, lately it's actually been, um, uh, my iPad. Hmm. What? Well, I mean, since I have two Jupiters, do I, can I take both of them and consolidate as that as one or do is one? Yeah, Jupiter that could be one, one tool. Yeah, okay. So, 
So yeah, my iPad, the Jupiters, and then um, uh, yeah, probably my CNC. Yeah, you take the uh, yeah the machines with you. <laughs> Just roll it on out, like all right, let's go. What do you do from your iPad? So I've actually been moving a lot to doing all my designing on my iPad. Really? Yeah. Excuse me, with SketchUp. So so um there's an app called uh shape shaper 3d oh yeah I've seen um that. so it's they have a free version and it's 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 the free version it's i mean they lock down a lot of the nice things uh because they do have a subscription version but um it's actually an awesome version of cad that i've been able to find and I like it because I mean it's easy to just have an iPad with me, and the files that I work on on my iPad can easily transfer over the cloud to my computer. And it doesn't matter if it's to a Mac laptop or a Windows oh. PC; it's just there. That was going to be my question. Yeah, and so, and they, it's since it started out as an iPad CAD app. Um. It's just super easy to use. And then they've been able to transfer a lot of that to the PC side. Hmm. And like they just came out recently with um, uh, a rendering engine on it. And so you can get really good visuals and apply materials, paint, like uh, texture. Like if you want to have an anodized metal anodized color on a material you can apply that and it'll have like the subtle texture on your ipad um, that's cool yeah i've seen uncle jesse uh, on youtube talk about the shaper 3d app yeah yeah and so my first and real project that i'm using for it is actually going to be for my calypso from UBS oh. design so um i'm i guess old-fashioned i still use ssds for all my storage on my pc and so the Calypso can accommodate two SSDs on the side of the power supply. Okay. So I talked with Eric and he was able to give me some help with um, dimensions and stuff on how, so that I can design a bracket so that I can stack two SSDs on either side of the power supply. Oh, double it up. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, so I did all that inside Shaper 3D. And that's really cool, dude. Yeah, and so that's all on the free version too. It's I mean the subscription isn't that bad. I think it's 20 bucks a month. But I mean that's... it's one of those things where it's like I'd rather not pay a subscription. Yeah, man, that's... is there ever a lot of subscriptions out there? I even found today yeah. there was an app going around. Here, let me look it up. Yeah. I downloaded it. Lenza was going around on social media. So I checked it out. And what that does is it takes your pictures and it turns it into an anime character. But dude, it's like four bucks a month. And I was like, I really wouldn't mind knowing what I look like as a, you know, DC superhero. But I don't want to pay four bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do it. Yeah, but is it a subscription or is it a one-time purchase? It has like a a discount today, and you pay for the whole year. But the you know they average it out to tell you it's three bucks a month. But then when you go to buy yeah. it, you know it's the forty-five dollars or forty-nine dollar charge. But that on top yeah. of like I don't know about you, but on television we got like ten subscriptions by accident. Yeah, you try to just have two, and you end up with way more. And then I do like YouTube subscription excuse me, is essential, uh, Skillshare. What else do I do on my phone? Spotify? Do I still pay for Spotify? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but I know that those other two yeah. are like 20 bucks a month total or 25. Yeah. yeah. Cool and it that. adds up. And I mean, yeah, you get like, so one of my main go-to pieces of software that i'm not going to use anymore is zbrush really eh? so i mean i so one of my big things is they were recently purchased and the company that purchased on maxon is very heavy on the subscription and 
Um, one of the things that I loved about ZBrush is, I mean, you can have a subscription, but you can also purchase a license okay. and just have that. And updates were included for life. And I mean, even then, I mean, I wouldn't mind paying for an update for yeah. ZBrush. But um, Maxon, um, they don't do a perpetual license, essentially. Just so, a subscription. Mm -hmm. so they oh, yeah. will so they will update it to a point and then all future updates are for new subscription holders so hmm. I'll, I'll still use zbrush because it's still one of the best sculpting apps out there in my opinion and um it's just easy for me to get a lot of concepts out of my mind when it comes to like a prop or anything out into zbrush versus... you find, have you worked with blender yeah. Out yeah. of those two, you find ZBrush better? So I haven't done the sculpting in Blender yet. Oh, it's okay. one of those things where I'm tempted to, but um, yeah, I haven't dived into that. Yeah, I'm just Blender, getting started but, on Blender. Yeah. Lots to learn, but there's a. I feel like there's a lot of people in the community, both uh, like just hobby, DIY. PC modding and the making community are all kind of maybe it's just my brain and like my eyes and my algorithms, but everything seems like hyper focused on Blender lately. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's yeah. learning Blender or promoting Blender or trying Blender. So I'm like, well, I better so, make sure I try it and try and keep up with it. So I mean, I've been designing since 2014. Blender's been in my I've known about Blender since I first started because it's like, what are people using to design? How are people creating these designs? And so I tried Blender in 2014 and I hated it. Yeah, it's absolutely loathed it. It's pretty complex when you just hop in. And so, and every now and then I would try and go try, well, I'll give Blender a shot because I can there was a new update and whatnot it it i finally figured out what the heck i'm doing in blender in uh 2020 2021 so finally figured it out and any so, of the stuff on your instagram have you done uh so sorry to cut you off yeah but if i was to scroll your instagram there's like a, a bunch of like props and designs there uh those were mostly zbrush or a couple of them blender or uh let me actually see so um uh the majority of the stuff is uh zbrush hmm. um i feel bad you're losing it man yeah it's well i mean i get it to a point i don't give future updates so i still get my permanent license so oh, but um uh a lot of my more like so my two recent posts on instagram the two keyblades those were all done in fusion 360 right fusion yeah yeah which that's pretty cool I, yeah so that was actually when i first started designing in 2014 that was my go-to fusion 360 and so because i mean it's it's a solid application and you can do uh your cam in it if you wanted to you can program for your cnc yeah um <clears throat> which is nice that so cam is your uh you know the the g-code kind of cnc program so you when you make the design you can kind of walk it over in the same program and see that it will you know cut properly and function properly and not run into any errors whereas like me right now i do designing i do i use like 3d builder or blender i carry them over to vcarve and kind of do my tool paths there and check everything there yeah. and then i run into problems and i got to backpedal and go back over to 3d builder and fix it and yeah yeah there's always that back and forth right and it's just nice infusion where you can i mean you just stay in that that app and it's just you're just locked in it's not having to go back open up a save file it's um and then export that corrected model out it's all yeah. just native yeah yeah i really gotta spend more time on fusion 360 it seems like the uh 
it seems like the winner, the go-to between Fusion 360 and then the Blender hype of as of late. But I mean, I was talking to Ron and a few guys at TwitchCon and like they're trying to ZBrush as well. I think ZBrush does sound like the user-friendly one. It's just that uh, I don't know why it's a little bit less popular. Well, and it's funny that you say that because ZBrush is like when I first saw it, the UI was very complicated and it still is kind of complicated, but um, there's just a few things you need to try and figure out when it first comes to getting a sphere in there and then getting it ready to sculpt on. And so it's, it's just one of those things where like, once you figure it out, it's like, okay, I'm finally seeing the workflow. Mm, yeah. Once you have it, you have it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay, let me write this down. Eight, ten. Usually I prepare, I'm, I'll edit this part. Usually I prepare show notes and stuff, but it's been such a crazy weekend, dude. Today is my last yeah. day off. I go back to work tomorrow. And it's just, oh, the kids and stuff have been crazy, so. Yeah, and we just got back in town uh, Tuesday, and Thanksgiving was just, it was a hot mess, man. Was it fun? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Uh, my wife got RSV, and that turned into bronchitis the next day. My youngest got RSV and kind of has bronchitis, but my oldest and I, we've kind of steered clear of everything. And I'm just, I'm just watching my watch. I'm looking at my watch like it's just a matter of time before I'm hit. So. Mm. Hopefully you stay clear, dude. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <clears throat> so, dude, before we kind of wrap it up and sign off, I got to ask about your Mandalorian helmets. Like, yes. Just tell me about the three and like what's different and what's yours about them and what makes them legitimate and then also what makes them different from what's in the show or out there already. Well, let me show you one. Oh, no way. So this was the only one that I've actually uh printed and so so this is my talon helmet nice dude so i call the talon because on the side of the mandibles it's got like yeah uh, kind of these talons and so um but on the back you got your vents so dude, you should paint that I should, and I really. How did you how did you print that? So this was printed on my Phenom L. It's two pieces. Um, my idea for it was I would mold it and then cast it because I mean castings are it's essentially a real life copy and paste. Yeah, it's I mean you don't have to wait twenty plus hours for two thirds of this to print and then yeah. <laughs> then you have to work with this cleaning up the seam line which i mean isn't perfect and probably not coming up on camera but there's a seam line right here looks perfect to um, me so but it is hollow um because it's a lot of resin if mm -hmm. it was to be solid so um yeah it's about i think this was five millimeters thick which i was crazy to do that's pretty thick yeah Oh, wow. So, but um, yeah, this was my 100% original uh, design. I didn't use any um, third-party reference material. This was just start from scratch. This And this was actually version four that I submitted to the approval team to the Mandalorian Merc community. And um, there's... Yeah, they finally took it after the fourth try. What was wrong um, with it the other tries? So, um, bef so before the show, before the Mandalorian show came out, every Mandalorian helmet had to have a full 360 brim around the edge that okay. kind of separated this top dome from the bottom. Yeah. Every, every helmet had to have that. Um, hmm. Which is funny because then comes the Mandalorian and all he has is this mohawk down the middle and then the two ears, no brim. And right. It's like... <laughs> Dude, see, that's a detail like I didn't know. 
but it's cool. And, and, and it's clean. And so there was the so Mandalorian. Good. There was the Mandalorian helmet criteria before the show. So, oh. um, and so, um, depending on what kind of a helmet you're going for, you can actually go for a different era in Mandalorian history. There's, um, oh, what's the first one called? That I understand. Yeah. So. Um, I forget what the first era that they do costumes for is called, but then there's a uh, uh, post empire. No, like the, the books. The books go uh, like the old republic. Was yeah, first. yeah, yeah. So it's like the new old republic era. So like Star Wars, the old republic era. Those that's a whole era of Mandalorian helmet criteria and design, and those have their own unique design features that need to be met. Then there's you know, modern. That, that's cool because like back then, so I did a Revan helmet. Well, okay. the Revan mask. Yeah. Uh I still have it. I did oh man, way back 2019, I tried to do the Cooler Master Case Mod World series before I even knew how huge that competition is. And uh, I signed up like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll do a Revan-themed computer. So I did a Cooler Master case, uh, the SL600, I think it's called. And I did two tall reservoirs on either side. Okay, and for these the guys lightsabers. Were, and these guys were tall. Like, they were uh, dark side. I don't even remember the the model, but they were taller than the case. And I did custom pumps. One was red and one was purple. And I had the mod water uh, uh, reactive coolant on the sides and then they had the Revan mask in the middle so i was basing it off of that picture with the two lightsabers and the mask yeah yeah but dude i never got done i i was so i like i gave myself a couple months and i thought yeah this will be no big deal and then my uh you know when you like go to a buffet and you put way too much food on your plate and you don't have you can't eat it all that's why your eyes are bigger than your stomach yes that's the thing i'm looking for I did that with that project and it was like, I got the front done and I got the reservoirs mounted and I had the motherboard. I did some stuff too. And I did leather on the top panel kind of to be like his hood. Yeah. And then the whole case itself was gold on the inside or like a uh, rose gold. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't really know why that color with the rest of him, but (laughs) anyways, and I had the mask painted, but that's like, as far as I got, I didn't get the tubing. I didn't get the wiring. But the front was cool. It would have been cool. And I went ahead and I actually, geez, fast forward three years, I threw out the case because it was just getting beat up in my garage. I kept all the parts, sold the actual components, kind of let it totally fall apart. I actually wish going back in time, I could have finished it. Like, I don't know why I didn't. I don't know why I didn't just finish it because it was like, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I read uh, all of the Old Republic Revan novels to okay. kind of to understand who Revan was because I had just read a little bit about him. And then you find out like he's like the coolest dude in Star Wars. And then you find out in this book, did you read them? I don't want to wreck it. Uh, I haven't, but I know a bit of his lore. Okay, so. well, spoiler alert for any Star Wars fans who might not know this, but want to know this, but didn't want to find out from me, you're about to. Uh, dude, Revan is like the hero of all of Star Wars that we don't even know happened unless you read the yeah. books. Yeah. In the end, uh, so the Empire, so Pal, you know, or the Emperor, sorry, the Emperor is so left field, uh, back in the Old Republic, that he was going to wipe out everybody. Like back when the Jedi's were kind of being suppressed, and the Empire was rising, uh, the man, 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 bleh. Mandalorians got taken out because they were actually so Mandalore was the leader of the Mandalorians. But he was actually being mind controlled by the Emperor to take out the Jedi's for you know the Empire, make sure people can follow. So the Emperor is the big bad guy controlling an army that thinks they're thinking on their own, but actually they're being mind controlled. That's the Mandalorians to attack the Jedis. And only Revan understood what was happening. And he was a Jedi then. And uh, 
he no i'm missing something the mandalorians were just killing off each other or something or they were just killing off uh inhabitants yeah they were just killing off inhabitants of the universe i'm pretty sure and the jedis were sent to stop them not by the jedi council but by revan he made the call let's take some of you jedis and go stop these mandalorians uh, which was against the Jedi Council's wishes, which is why he was banished and became a Sith. But he was trying to help the Mandalorians. So then only he knew where the mask of Mandalore ended up, which was the when you wear the mask of Mandalore, you're the leader of the Mandalorians. So when the Mandalorians were taken out, Revan ended up wearing the mask, and he was like the unsung leader of the Mandalorians. But he was also a Jedi who turned Sith and then ended up back Jedi. Yeah. Fast forward years from that, he was retired, got brought out of retirement, had to go on this whole crazy mission uh, to try and stop the Emperor, ended up allying with a Sith, uh, and the Sith actually agreed with Revan that they had to stop the Emperor because he was just going to destroy the entire universe and everybody in it uh, with his, you know, power, lust for power. So then they ended up trying to fight the emperor uh and the sith pretended to, to pretended to betray revan okay so we have the sith set, sitting to the right of the emperor pretending he had betrayed revan revan had another jedi with him uh she got taken out so she's dead but you know how when jedis die they turn into ghosts so there's the ghost girl that's revan's friend that i can't remember her name and the Sith is to the right of the Emperor. Revan gets captured and put in the Emperor's dungeon. So now, for the rest, it, it, it apparently carried on 300 years. So for 300 years following that fight, the Emperor uh, didn't do anything crazy bad because Revan, from the dungeon, was using Jedi mind powers to steer the emperor's thoughts and decisions uh, so that he wouldn't destroy Revan's home planet and his family. He kept his family and his family's descendants safe for 300 years through mind control. And the Sith was also doing the same quest uh, as the emperor's right-hand man. He was like secretly trying to deceive the emperor and change his you know, his decisions to kind of not be so crazy. And the Jedi that got killed was like a Jedi ghost outside of Revan's cage. And that's her energy is what kept him alive for 300 years and like sustain him when he would break yeah. down and almost lose yeah. his connection. So it's like that little team of three actually saved 300 years of the Star Wars, you know, galaxy. Yeah. Uh, which you wouldn't find out unless you read the book. So I read that book. It's so cool. <laughs> then I wanted to make the case. Then I made the mask. And that mask looks very different from the Mandalorian masks of today. Yeah. That's my whole story. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the thing about Star Wars. There's so much behind it. There's so much, man. So much. And it's awesome. It is. It's all. It's It's all awesome when you kind of read about it. And actually, dude, I just watched Lights and Magic. I don't know if you've seen that, but you should really watch it. I haven't. No. Oh, it's incredible. It's about Industrial Lights and Magic, which is the FX studio George Lucas started to make the first oh. Star Wars. Dude, do you, do you know how much George Lucas changed our world? Like, it's insane. I'll just throw some. How. I'll just throw some things out here, and you'll be like, I didn't know. Or maybe you did know this stuff. George Lucas, okay? So the camera dolly. So a dolly to able to go around anything. That's from the first Star Wars. Uh, like, there's so much. I don't even know what to spit up first. Uh, the camera dolly. Uh, video editing. So Adobe came from George Lucas. Pixar came from George Lucas. The Star Wars universe. Uh Indiana Jones, George Lucas wrote it and sold it to uh, Spielberg. Jurassic Park and the Jumanjis were George Lucas's art director's first movies uh, after doing Star Wars. 
you know, the Toy Story came from Pixar, which George Lucas started the funding that created Pixar because he wanted to, you know, incorporate 3D animations. But you just think about those things, and you're like, dude, video editing, a camera dolly, and Star Wars? Well, and so along that point, so you know the, have you watched the behind the scenes of how they made, like, the Mandalorian show? Like, those giant LED walls that room? So George Lucas talked about doing something like that, like, during the first trilogy. Like, he talked about how he wished he had something like that. Yeah, then they used to do matte paintings, so they would do, like, one yeah. guy for the whole first Star Wars drew like the panels that was the background for all of the big scenes. It's so cool. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I so hope physical it's... physical effects kind of come back around. They look so fun to make. Yeah. 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 I mean, you look at like you've seen that picture of George Lucas just sitting there, just surrounded by all the different props used for like all the miniature X Wings and everything. And it's like, oh. I know, right? So cool. Imagine you made one of those so X-Wings. Cool. Oh, man. That would have been the coolest. Yeah. See, and that's where, I, that's where I kind of try and stick to with my computer mods is I just really enjoy... Why did you get a thumbs up? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I try to stick to with, with my computer mods is I just really enjoy, like the model making side of it and the uh you know things like that but dude like making that helmet wouldn't that look cool and like picture it in black and gunmetal and gold accents or something like that so and the original concept for this and you can see this on my instagram page so there there's a little recess i don't know if you can see it kind of like right here yeah so um my original idea was that that these would be able to light up hmm. and so not originally they'd be off and then um under right here under the eyes there's a little piece right here that would also light up i got this idea from uh because my my story behind this helmet is that the wearer would be kind of a more stealthy assassin um and so they'd be in darkness but when they want to present themselves they would like light up and kind of allow themselves to be seen uh so and i got that idea from um overwatch one of the cinematics with uh genji and hanzo oh yeah when you first are introduced to genji and he his body lights up and i was like i want that i want that (laughs) (laughs) so so I thought, you know what, this would be kind of a cool effect to do Mandalorian style. And that was kind of the concept between or behind Talon was kind of a assassin, stealthy, but still able to go. Do you do you have more of his armor? No. Oh, man, you should make the rest. No. What would I, his weapons I, be? So, and that's the thing is like, I mean, I have... That's my, I've been working on my own Mandalorian suit since 2014. That's the whole reason why I really got into all this is like, you know what? I love Star Wars, love Mandalorians. I want to make a suit. I made some friends who have phenomenal suits. And here I am They're not yours. No. Yours is yours. Even if it's not as glamorous as the next guy, that's the thing. And and that's it. Making stuff That's, is about is about using your voice and just yeah. having it become physical. Yeah. My issue, and I know this is my biggest issue, is I can't stop changing the design. You you've also done that with your keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I got to the point to where it's like, okay, this this is gonna be awesome and i cannot wait for it but um with my mandalorian i have literally got pages of different sketches of like hey if i have this piece of tech here i'll be able to hack into the doors and i'll be able to um uh like you know rtd2's uh thing that he the i know what it is i know 
yeah the arm. thing yeah that yeah i want to have one of those on my gauntlet that i'll be able to hack into my own uh into buildings into on my own and all sorts of stuff and it's like i've got all these ideas that i want to incorporate but i can't just sit down and make a version and then go from there is but dude what if you did I what know. if what if you went ahead and you just made the versions and you said, okay, I'm going to make a thousand uh, alter alterations. However, I'm going to make every suit. Now that'd be expensive, but imagine the cool progression when you're done, dude. Imagine you had, yeah. a ma- imagine you had five mannequins lined up in your shop and like 2014, that was talent. Here we are 2030. Yeah. He's insane. You know, what a cool yeah. display that would be. And yeah. like lifelong project. Yeah, but that's the thing too is, and it's very heavily known in the Mandalorian community. The suit's never done. Yeah, it's never done. <laughs> but it, even even no. actual like canon Mandalorian suit is never done. Exactly. Yeah. So that'd be cool though. I think you should do it. I, I really want to. So you should at least start with painting the helmet. Yeah. Well, I I need to tweak and make it so it prints better too so, so could, could the jupiter make that in two pieces so it'd probably be like three but i i found so many phenomenal modern modelers out there and designers that they hide their seam lines so cleanly and it's like i want to do that and that's like though this keyboard project was the whole start of that my so the goal for it was to um, be able to make it somewhat modular, but I couldn't make all this in one piece. So I need to break it up somehow. So a buddy of mine was like, well, have intentional break, well, not break points, but break in the design points. And so that's why this middle piece has these slots right here is it actually is where the parts separate. And so that's something that's something that like, and this is kind of the first project I've implemented for that. So going through and editing that to do this is going to be a process, but I wasn't ignoring you. I was just looking something up. I've used, I just started using it. I did this big Viking model and I just picked some more up. I just picked some more up today because it's so awesome. It's called Vallejo plastic putty. I don't know if you've used it or okay. seen it before, but it's just a small tube uh, from your like hobby or model shops, Vallejo plastic putty. Oh, and it's kind of like a Bondo, but it's specifically made for okay. plastics. But what okay. I found so cool with it, it actually really surprised me, is like I used it, you know, when you do a print in two pieces and I used resin and a UV light to stick it together. Yeah, thumbs up again. <laughs> I used the resin and a plastic uh a uv light to stick them together you're still left with that seam but i used this vallejo plastic putty and i went around it and i thought okay i'll use my finger to clean it up you know like you would with bond or something yeah but uh the viscosity of the vallejo plastic putty is so nice you can actually use a paintbrush and like put it where you need it and it dries like beautifully blend it in yeah it worked really well it surprised me interesting I'll have to try that. And it's made for minis. So it's made for like really tiny stuff. Okay. So it and, really well. And so like on my Keyblade that I just did, um, that was the first time I've ever used resin to fill in the seams. And so what I did, because um, the length of the Keyblade, the actual silver part, um, that's where there are two seams that I could not hide there. And so what I ended up doing was I would put, I put a bead of super glue around it and then joined the two pieces. And then once they were the super glue cured, I did the resin trick where you put the resin and then cure it. And I just used an eyedropper and I just dripped the resin on there and cured it and then sanded it. And it did so good. Yeah, that would do really well. And so um, one, one of the seams I, 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 I know where it is because I I did it, but I show people like, and they can kind of see the other one, but the uh, one of the two they never are able to find. Hmm, that's and kind so, of a fun test. Yeah. So, 
Um, it's one of those things where it's like, I really want to take my designs to a new level for myself to where I'm able to um, visibly hide the seam lines. Yeah, that makes sense. If that makes sense. Okay. It would just become known to you and just leave it there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And by doing so would also make it so that the pieces are easier to make. Yeah. Um, I'm not having to spend thousands of dollars on a giant printer or I mean, cause I, Big for figure. me personally, yeah. For me personally, I don't think I'm ever going to buy another FDM printer. Yeah. I'm kind of, uh, uh, I'm having a hard time with it. I know that. So I have a Prusa mini. Prusa yeah. makes an XL now that yeah yeah looks really great but for the price i'm like man resin is just so you know what i really enjoy about resin is that it's sand it's sandable so clean and i find by working with something that you can sand it changes it right it it brings back that that it, it brings it back to being tactile like you're working with a piece of wood or something you're used to Whereas an FDM, you you can't you can sand a little, but not it's a pain. Not the same because if you sand too much, you might end up exposing what's under the, you know, actual printed layer. So that that's that's like my main thing with resin is it's I find it more workable, and yeah. I'm a fairly scrappy maker, so having something be workable is to my advantage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Awesome, dude. Well, I'm going to probably wrap it up. We're getting a little long, but for the guys listening, where's the best place for them to find you and kind of keep track of the projects you're working on? Um, my very unactive Instagram. Yeah. You got a whole post in this year. <laughs> yeah, I got one post in. Maybe I'll make two and announce the keyboard officially. But but you are, we'll you are on there a lot if anybody wants yeah, to chat to I, you. Yeah, I'm on there a lot. Um, always open to answer questions, whether it be about 3D design, CNC, 3D printing. Always welcome to help out. Um, yeah, I do help with projects. Like I've helped Eric. Um, a lot of people have helped me with my own stuff, so I feel like I'm paying it forward to them for um, helping out the rest of the community because I mean like you've said before sharing the knowledge it's I mean I've had a privilege to work in aerospace I work I currently work in um, uh, integrated circuit design and so that's really why I'm able to do this is because I've had people take me under their wing and teach me and I I I really enjoy helping people so I I'm more than thrilled and ecstatic that you still look back at those videos i made for you to for help with the cnc so dude they were awesome videos yeah so they were like textbook you could sell those things (laughs) yeah but i'm always welcome to or always open to helping out with projects yeah awesome and i can uh i can vouch that you know you're you are helpful and punctual and you kind of what I appreciated about working with you was you did the work, but you also did the work in a way that I could understand it working backwards. Like for example, when you did the, uh, the, the reservoir design, you did it in the layers so that when I had to go make a change, which I ended up having to make a change, uh, you know, it wasn't so complex for me to work with. So that was nice dude. Cause it was like two in the morning and it was helpful. <laughs> Everything. And I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those moments where it's like, I mean, that was the, that was the first time I have ever designed a reservoir. And I was like, if I was new to this, I mean, I was familiar with VCAR, but I was new to the project. And so it's like, Hey, what can I do to help it be easier for him if he's in a pinch? So I mean, definitely just try and make things as easy as they can be. Cause projects get very very complicated i mean very complicated yeah yeah. there's a lot to your keyboard very complicated that's the pcb yeah so this is the pcb i literally broke off the uh, support tabs that they had to put on uh 
uh, earlier today. Oh, wow. But yeah, so we got the little microcontroller here. Each key has its own uh, diode. There's LEDs that go across all of it. Actually, I haven't even done this yet. Do the switches fit? Moment of truth. You saw our first live here. The switches work. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool, dude. Congratulations. But yeah, so. Yeah. Awesome. Always. Well, yeah. Sorry, I was just saying, yeah. Awesome dude to work with. And I, I really appreciate the episode, man. Thanks for uh, jumping on here and spending yeah. your Thursday night with me. Yeah, sure thing, man. So. Awesome. Well, take care. Yeah. You too. I'll take see you. Me.